1: Welcome to Lockbox. My name is Jeffrey Broger, and I'm here today with Nate Jones. Nate, thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me on, Jeffrey. Looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. So why don't you start off, tell our listeners who you are and where you're from. Yeah, yeah. So Nate Jones,
0: I am the co-founder and now head of innovation at Structurally, uh, born and raised in Iowa, which I always have to give my little plug that we call it the Silicon Prairie here, (laughs) not the Silicon Valley. Um, There are a few tech companies here growing, but we're based here in Ames, Iowa on today of all days. It's the Iowa-Iowa State basketball game. So I'll I'll check in later if Iowa State my team has won and that will determine my mood.
1: (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Iowa born and bred. So you are with Structurally. You have kind of I would say graduated from founder CEO to now head of innovation and I say that because I'm a founder and CEO and when you start something from scratch, you're doing a little bit of everything and if you're successful, you get to the point where you get to then hand that CEO hat off to someone else and either just become a part of the board or focus on the part of the business that you really are passionate and gifted and, and uh, uniquely qualified for. So it seems like you've gotten to that point with structurally. And I want to commend you on that. And, uh, really, first of all, I would like to start with talking about what got you into the real estate industry. And after that, we'll talk all about structurally and what it is and what it does.
0: Yeah. So the kind of founding story here is myself and my co-founder, Andrew. We're in college. He went to Iowa and I went to Iowa State University. And we basically decided we wanted to be real estate investors in college, which makes no sense looking back at it because we have no money. We had no money, no idea what we were doing. But we ended up talking to a lot of real estate agents during that time. And it kept coming up like, hey, you know, maybe someday you'll be able to invest, but probably doesn't make sense for you now. But we didn't stop there. We continued to probe a little bit about like what they do day to day. What do they hate doing? What do they like doing? And it constantly, we found that like they do not like lead follow up. Agents do not like the behind the scenes stuff. I think for the most part, lots of agents and salespeople in general are very much like face to face. If you follow the DISC profile, high I, very interpersonal, want to be at the closing table, uh, slinging a deal and getting to know the person across the other side of the table. And the behind-the-scenes stuff would usually fall to the wayside. So Andrew and I saw an opportunity there to really solve that with technology, and we we did so with the you know conversational AI approach. I think in in general, we didn't necessarily know how we wanted to solve it from the beginning. We knew we wanted to solve lead nurturing and qualification, but call centers had been around for years twenty years, thirty years and We said we didn't really want to solve it with humans because humans aren't necessarily the most consistent or scalable and they're hard to deal with. And we wanted to solve it with a more 21st century approach with conversational AI. So, fast forward today, there's a phenomenal program in at Iowa State University in the, the graduate statistics and mathematics department, where there were a lot of PhDs in math and stats who focused exclusively on natural language processing. Conversational AI. We stole some engineers from there and founded Structurally to focus on qualifying and nurturing leads
1: through conversational AI over text and email in the real estate uh, space. Awesome, great story, and you know the the latter part of it is surprisingly similar to mine. I started my real estate marketing agency four years ago now, uh, four and a half, and it was you know 2017. The uh, Facebook ads and Google ads had been around, you know, five, six years at that point, Um, a little little bit longer for the early adopters, but really started to ramp up. And there were a lot of online leads being poured into real estate professionals where they still needed help running those campaigns. But if I was looking at providing value to the marketplace, some of the surveys I conducted proved that lead follow-up was just as important, if not more important than the lead generation. Mm -hmm. And so me being from a sales background, I, you know, started out my career at 18 years old, Cutco Cutlery selling knives. And I just understood the importance of follow-up. I had heard it so many times, the fortune is in the follow-up, right? Mm -hmm. And so it made sense that a lot of real estate professionals were struggling with the follow-up, especially when you're pouring in a massive volume of online leads that are relatively cold when they first come in. They're, They're not yet trusting of the real estate professional and they haven't gone through the process or been referred by a trusted uh, person like a friend or a family member to you, right? So there's a process they need to go through. But at the end of the day, we, they just need to be immediately followed up with and provided value throughout their journey and then transferred into a phone call. And I always valued that sales conversation. You know, that what are we really doing here? Well, we're not just generating leads, not just nurturing leads. We're providing the real estate professional with a qualified sales conversation, right? Cause then they can actually get on the phone, high eye, they can talk to them, they can book an appointment, they can meet with them. But everything that happens before that, it's very difficult to structure properly in order for it to happen. So structurally, Mm -hmm. great name. (laughs) <laughs> um, so uh, let's dive in a little bit to the weeds. Uh, first of all, would you like to dispel any myths about chatbots or conversational AI?
0: Yeah, I think that AI has get been given such a broad stroke kind of term uh, and label across all industries. It's right. AI this, AI that. No matter what company you're looking at, it has AI of some kind. And I think that's confused everyone we have no idea what to believe in, in, in what AI is. And one of the, one of the first places that I always kind of just scratch my head on, and I'm sure you're very, very intimately aware of it is usually AI. Isn't just quote self-learning. It doesn't just pick up on what's being said and decide on its own next phrase. There's tons and tons and tons of training data Mm -hmm. that has been labeled in very meticulous, specific ways by a human in some way or another, either recently or in the past, uh, or even at like some monumental scale. If you think about some of the most advanced natural language processing um, models that are out there today, they've been trained on corpus texts of the internet. Someone has scraped all of the internet's words and put them into a, a label or labels in certain ways that might appear in the future, like, oh, this AI is just making things up on its own when you give it some prompt or question, but it's not. Even those most, those sophisticated models have been built by some form of data created by humans at some point or the other. So I think the whole like, shouldn't this just learn on its own and be self-learning is not a thing. And I think that's important to know because you know, when, when you're thinking about these decisions to like add AI to some degree, like go into it knowing that it's not just going to like magically solve all your issues. It, for the most part, where we're at today with AI as a whole is it's solving very, very niche, very vertical, very specific solutions. There's no such thing as general AI. There is such a thing as specific AI. And when you're going into decisions to buy AI, just know that because there's probably going to be some work on your end too, to to spin it up, to make sure that it knows how to answer certain questions or ask certain questions. Um, And it's not just a magic silver bullet. That's going to automatically know exactly how to talk about your business, how to answer every question your lead might throw its way uh, or just, you know, magically do things that it's never seen before.
1: Right. Right. And I call it human edited AI. So for, all my listeners, uh, for all intents and purposes, my vision was similar to Nate's, and I embarked on the journey of getting into the weeds. Even though it's not my personality type, I just wanted to really learn about AI. And honestly, for like two years, I was super fascinated with it and structuring it properly. Entities, intents. How do we? What are the the pieces of a conversation? How is a sentence structured? How can yep. a how can a server receive an incoming question from a home buyer or a home seller, categorize it properly, understand the intent of the question and the context it's being asked in, and then respond instantaneously or within a few seconds at the very latest with a relevant response. Mm -hmm. And what if the person then switches subjects or waits 20 minutes or waits two days to respond? Has the context changed? Like It just brought me into this never-ending area of question after question after question once i started to embark on it and build it Mm -hmm. and so i have a lot of appreciation for what nate has done with structurally and today with what's possible you mentioned there's usually a spin-up time right it's not like immediately ai is going to solve all your problems and the ai we're talking about here for everyone it's conversational ai so this means that a lead is coming on through and They are being sent a text, either via SMS text message or maybe on like Facebook Messenger. It depends on, you know, what integrations exist. But ultimately, right now it's not voice, right? It's text message, which is a huge channel. I mean, how quickly do people read their texts, right? Within seconds. Mm -hmm. So, it's a text back to to the lead after they're generated. And there's a back and forth that happens. And it happens automatically. It happens instantaneously. So you mentioned that specific AI is possible within niches. And for this particular case, talk about niche focused, real estate, buyer, lead generation conversation, right? Or real estate seller lead, like those are very specific contexts. And now that you have narrowed it down, you can focus on like, what are the possible outcomes of this? What's our goal? What What are the possible inputs and outputs? So. Right now, if someone were to activate Structurally for the real estate brokerage, how much would already be pre-trained? Because you've mm-hmm. been doing this for years now, for tons of brokerages all over. Um, it, does it come out of the box with a certain amount of intelligence or pre-training? Yeah.
0: So you can really get set up on Structurally with any number of what we call it we call like pre-built scripts, basically, and these are different use cases that you can imagine. Um, like you said, a, a new buyer lead or a new seller lead. We handle all sorts of lead types that we've kind of considered uh, and built different scripts for. So buyers, sellers, even so granular is like property inquiry versus forced registration. If you're thinking about like your website, is someone inquiring about a specific property or are they being forced to register for a general search? Those are two different buyers at two different parts of the funnel. And we have different scripts out of the box pre-built to get up and running for you. Um, But we've really taken it even further where we like to think of it as we support use cases all throughout a funnel, top of funnel, middle of funnel, bottom of funnel. Top of the funnel, very obviously, like you said, is kind of like a cold new lead. They don't know much about you. And it's your job to get them to have some form of trust in you to actually talk to you. And it's the job of our product or even yourself to understand if that's a qualified buyer or seller. So that's at the really top of the funnel, but we also support like old leads. So there's a huge, huge gap, I think in every salesperson CRM where leads just go to die. <laughs> they just, you bring them in, you buy them, you forget about them, you're on to the next new shiny lead. Everyone does it. We're guilty of it structurally for sure, even internally, but that's a huge opportunity to... Send them our way. Let us kind of sift the the gold out of the the dirt there and bring those leads back to life who've been historically just collecting dust. But if you think about the nuanced difference between just those two conversations, like a new buyer versus an old buyer, they're totally different. Our new buyer conversations start with Hey, saw you were on our website. Uh, Wanted to see if you're thinking, if you're just looking or thinking about making a move. And then you look at the old buyer initial message you know, it's, hey, you've been on one of our sites recently in the past, wanted to see if you're still considering making a move in the near future. Similar, but very different. And it's really important to get those nuances uh, right. And we have uh, over a thousand now pre-built and customized um, scripts that you can kind of use out of the box, just immediately getting started. That's taking all these little things into consideration. So you can just say, here's the type of lead I have send it our way, tell us what type it is, and we'll send them down that path. Um, But it's all also customizable in our product. Uh, We have a full, uh, what we call script customization um, product uh, tool, where if you don't like how a certain question is asked or answered, you can tweak it uh, to your liking. And we see a lot of people do that. We see a lot of people using those pre-built scripts to start, but just tweaking small things that are very specific to what they do.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It makes sense. And what's the goal of the conversation? I mean, each micro goal is different. Like if they're looking for a specific property inquiry, that conversation is different. It might be to go see the property. But what I mean is, is the goal of the AI to get the lead on the phone with the realtor? Is it to book an appointment? Is it to get them to uh, register on the site or fill out some form? What's the goal of the conversation?
0: Yeah. So like you said at the start, we're kind of taking over the leads after they've been generated or sent our way with a phone and an email. So we're initiating that follow-up. We're following up with them usually over the course of a year, over text and email. And as soon as they reply, we're having a two-way back and forth conversation. Ultimately, we're trying to drive them towards what we call an agent-ready handoff. So that's usually in the form of a uh, follow like a, a phone call. We're trying to tee up the agent to have an opportunity to call a hand-raising lead. So A, the lead is expecting the phone call because phone calls, I mean, how many phone calls do you get these days that are spam, unknown numbers? Imagine if you're a new... I'm a sorry. new... Yeah. Imagine if you're a new lead, you've just filled out a form. You immediately get a new phone. You, you immediately get a phone call from a number you don't know. You're not going to pick it up. But if you have had a small conversation with someone or something and that tees up a phone call, you're going to answer that. The lead's going to answer that. So we're trying to tee up a phone call at the end of the conversation. Um, but we're, we're also very flexible. So I always like to say that a lot of the chatbots we're kind of used to or are kind of like a, a train on a train track. And if you, or the lead says something that's off track, there's going to be a train wreck. But the way that we think about our conversations are, we, we're like an ATV. For the most part, we're, good. we're going down uh, the path. But if someone says something that's a little off script or whatever, we're going to go off script, have some fun, and then ideally kind of bring them back towards the path. And that path is ultimately to try and get that lead uh, introduced via warm phone call to the agent So they're expecting the call and the agent and the lead kind of know where they stand
1: and what to talk about. Right. So we're talking about the structure. I don't want you to share any of your proprietary secrets, (laughs) but I'm sure just like talking about it on a podcast, no one will be able to replicate it. Uh, There was this one blog post on Medium that I read early in my AI learning journey. And it was called, there's a dozen ways to order coffee. Have you ever, you ever read yep, that one? I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> awesome. Awesome post. And the concept is a normal chat bot. If Starbucks had a chat bot and you went in and it was one of the ones that's on a train track, it doesn't mm-hmm. have any AI behind it, but on the front end, it looks nice and clean. And it says, what would you like to order today? And you say, I want a pumpkin spice latte. What kind of milk with regular milk? And I want a grande, okay. Then as long as it knew the proper location, right? Cause there's thousands of locations, that's even a complexity in itself. But if it did know the right location, it could then potentially put in that order for you. Mm -hmm. But then what if you said actually oat milk, Ooh, what now, right? (laughs) Is it going to say, what kind of coffee would you like? And just restart and you'd have to then enter pumpkin spice oat milk grande, and see if you're not going to have two coffees when you show up that you have to pay for, Mm -hmm. or if the AI was there, it would know milk. This is one of the categories that I need to know in order to put this in properly. Oat milk is now replacing whole milk. Mm -hmm. Got it. And it would just respond. All right, good to go. See you soon. Right? Yeah. That's the difference between ordering coffee in a linear fashion and having to rigidly follow this chatbot structure or being able to free flow and like you said, an ATV, go off, maybe turn around, come back and Mm -hmm. continue on the track to the goal. So with that being said, is that kind of how structurally is, um, on the back end, there's those entities, it's like, okay, we need the property address. We need the date and time of the appointment. Like there's these check boxes. That it's attempting to fill throughout the conversation and then once it has enough info no matter how it gets there then it's like cool you ready to hop on the phone with the agent yeah
0: and i'll answer your question in a second but the other side of that story if you remember uh, that example with starbucks from that Mm -hmm. post is not all people talk the same and that's so true think about the millions of ways that you could order a coffee so in that example the person said they wanted a coffee And then they said they wanted oat milk and then a grande all sequentially. But there are other people who are going to show up and say, I want a coffee, two pumps of espresso, grande, send it ASAP, all in one message. Think about how those two conversations are so different. That's the same with what we see in the millions of conversations we handled. Some people will tell us, I want a two bed. Okay. How many baths? Two baths. Okay. Where? Some will say, I want a two bed, two bath in... Uh, Des Moines under 200k. I'm not working with a lender. I'm not working with an agent. Ready to move in the next month. All in one message. Okay, (laughs) yeah, and you have to account for all of those different ways that people talk and make sure that we can we can handle them. So it is similar uh, to kind of what you said. Like we we call them we call them slots. That's the data that we're trying to extract throughout the conversation. That kind of drives the side of our conversation that we call scripting. So in our product. If you were to go to our script builder, you would see a series of buttons where you could add what we call qualifiers. And a qualifier to us is a series of questions and answers that the bot can ask and answer. Those are run by slots. So you'll see a qualifier called um, price. You can customize the answer or the question to say, what price range are you looking in or however you want to ask it. And then if the lead answers, you can also customize the answer response. So if it's like, for example, if you only wanna work with people who are looking over a million dollars or something, or handle them different, right? You can customize your response to say, whoa, you know, big spender looking over a million dollars. Cool, happy to help. Or if it's under that, you could say like, cool. So something under a million dollars. And that's where like those kind of drive the conversation. But then if you think about what happens if a lead just all of a sudden says, using the Starbucks Starbucks example, what happens if they say, you know, does your, I don't know nothing about coffee, I guess, but does your milk contain soy? I don't know. I'm making that up. What if they just ask a question off the, off the cuff there? Think about that in a lead, a leads context too. If in the middle of the conversation, they just say, Hey, what's your commission rate? You know, how do you script for that? We use another kind of terminology that we just call like custom answers basically or answers that answers are constantly listening for things that a lead might say and kind of interjecting a specific response where you're at in the script so if a lead if we might have said a question hey what's your price range they say i'm looking under a million dollars by the way what's your commission rate how do we answer that and then continue to move on in this in the script with where we're at That's a combination of both our script builder and the custom answers. Like you're probably very aware, those custom answers are built on intents. It's just a series of hundreds and hundreds of intents that we're listening for that help us understand what the lead has said. And an intent can be anything from asking about a commission to mentioning a tragedy. Someone says, you know, if we say, do you need to sell your home? Oh, no, I'm going through a divorce. My husband or wife is keeping the house oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. By the way, what's your time frame to move? So you can see how those kind of work together. And that has been our philosophy from day one. And I think that for everyone listening, trying to figure out how this applies to them, that is, I've become so accustomed to how people talk because like you said, we're trying to model conversations here that it's been really like psychologically interesting to think about how to talk to people. The philosophy that we take is we always want to acknowledge what a lead has said. Most chatbots today just move on. If someone says, if we say, what's your price range? They say a million dollars. By the way, what's your commission rate? Most chatbots will just say, okay, how many bedrooms? Right. What about that question you just asked? So you always want to acknowledge these things but also redirect them in a way that you you can move the conversation forward. So that's the entire
1: <laughs> philosophy in a nutshell of kind of how we look at conversations. And it makes sense. It also is much more human, mm-hmm. right? When when you're talking about uh, on your website, 99% of people interacting with structurally chatbots did not know that it was a bot. Mm-hmm. You know, that's an amazing statistic. and. My company we made the decision early on based on some coaching through, you know, platforms like ManyChat and just doing little master classes and kind of getting the feel for like do I identify my bot as a bot? Yeah, or not, <laughs> right? Uh-huh. <laughs> the 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 intrinsic question. And you know, I I decided okay, we're going to introduce it as a bot. It sets a different expectation. We're just going to be straight up, hey, this is Aaron bot. And, and, you know, that way they're not asking all these crazy questions. We'll still train the AI, but they have a different understanding. Yep. Now you fundamentally chose the other path. We want this to be as human as possible. Mm-hmm. We are not going to say, hi, I'm a bot. Yep, And that's powerful in today's world because human to human is, is almost rare nowadays. There are so many layers of automation for, for efficient companies that to then actually get to a human, you're like zero, zero, like calling yeah. in, trying to just talk to someone, right? <laughs> when you're calling in to some call center. So mm-hmm. when it comes to structurally, number one, I commend you for committing to that journey. And number two, I mean, near flawless execution, like 99% of people didn't know. And number three, I think it's because of the way that you have understood how people have conversations. There mm-hmm. might be small things that need to be answered quickly. And then you go back to the train of thought, which is how conversations really happen. Yeah. And if there is something that comes up based on the question asking and, and the script, like a divorce or like a sensitive subject, and you acknowledge it, it's exactly how a conversation happens. I'm so sorry to hear that. And then pr- a professional would then move on in order you acknowledge them, but you don't want to linger there and you don't need necessarily need to now have a one hour therapy session with them about that topic. You show them respect, acknowledge it, and then continue on. But that that little detail is critical to having this feel human, which is phenomenal.
0: Yeah. And there are a few other things that are super relevant to making it feel human that I think a lot of salespeople in in general are like scared of. Um, So like we put a random amount of messages A random percent of our messages get a purposeful typo that we correct. So I think it's 5% of all of our messages across nice. the board get a little tiny misspelling, like we'll spell the T-E-H. But then a second later, a few seconds later, we're gonna send another message that's asterisk T-H-E. Yeah. yeah the. And like people love it and it's super, like it's actually one of our like best little gimmicks to get responses. The other little things that are fun, like we use uh, GIFs in our inner our messages that work really yeah. well to get responses and emojis. But two of the little secrets that I love sharing on these calls for what works in terms of getting responses are, we send a, a follow-up message 12 minutes after the first uh, the first registration. So we'll say after someone registers, they come in, we'll say, thanks for registering. You know, are you looking to make a move? No response for 12 minutes. We'll send a message that literally just says, let me know if I can help. Super, that's our number one response uh, getting drip message. Because again, I can't tell you how many times people respond to that message saying, oh, I thought that first message was an autoresponder. So I ignored it. And then that little nudge is like, oh, wait, hold on. This might be a human. So I need to respond. It's just weird. And then subsequent follow-up messages, our number one performing phrase is, Hey, I just wanted to make sure we're not dropping the ball. Are you still looking to make a move that for whatever reason just sticks with people? And they're like, Oh, you know, no, it's not your fault at all. It's all my fault. I've been so busy and wow. that works super well. I don't know why. And then the last little tidbit that we do that I think you kind of mentioned you guys have thought about is what we call redrips. So when, we get someone on the hook to finally have a conversation, which is hard to do. Uh, we want to keep them having a conversation until they're qualified or passed off, basically. So we'll finally get someone to respond, and we'll say, you know, okay, tell us what what's your price range. But then they ghost us again. So what happens? Do you just give up? Most chatbots would probably just give up. Most people would probably just give up. Ah, shoot, they're ignoring me now. They've ghosted me. But we built redrips to say, okay, based on where they left off on the conversation, where they ghosted us, after two days, we're going to send a message saying, hey, wanted to make sure I'm not dropping the ball. Could you tell me what your price range is? If they don't respond again, another week later, hey, just checking in again, wanted to see what your price range was. How can I help? Those redrips happen all throughout our conversation until someone's qualified. And again, just feels superhuman-like. It feels like the AI or person on the other end hasn't given up on you, even though people just get busy. That's just the the reality of it is in salespeople have to just be pushy to a degree. Uh, you have to get people on the hook. You have to get people to respond, but respectfully and contextually is super relevant. We're not just sending out blast message like, hey, didn't hear from you. We're sending out messages like, hey, didn't hear from you, could you remind me what your price range was, which is exactly where they left off. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to tell the difference between an, a- an AI and a human when it's that contextually aware
1: and relevant. Yeah. And so you're restating the question in different ways, but mm-hmm. following up a, to fill that same slot and yep. move forward in the conversation. Yep. Even exactly. over days and weeks. Yep. Yeah, that's awesome. And definitely something that you know we've thought about in response to having this field that we need and then having like 15 random ways that we can ask it yep and so instead of having like a static one way to answer to ask the question rather the flow if you if you think about like the conversation flow and what happens next it goes to this box of answers that could, or questions that could possibly be answered that all achieve the same goal. Yeah. So so yeah, having that and having that variety, then it comes down to, okay, how many varieties, how many different ways can we ask this, right? And And how real can we make this seem? Mm-hmm. And also what we learned is there are different terms in different areas of the United States There are terms in the South that aren't used in the Northeast. And there are terms in the Southwest that, right? So then we're getting into like different ways that people are using the English language. So Mm -hmm. to add another layer of complexity, uh, I had a client that was like, hey, I I forgot exactly what it was, but he's like, hey, we call condos something else here. Can can we like add that to um, to the AI so that it picks it up when people respond with that? I'm like yep. yeah, that was cool, and he was someone in in um either the Midwest or the South, so yeah. There's so many nuances, and it takes time, but it is important to know. It, as you mentioned in the beginning, this isn't all done automatically by machines instantaneously. Mm-hmm. This is an arduous journey of human edited AI that is literally trained one response at a time. Yep, and it has a cumulative effect over time the work that you have done picks up for the for the conversations that it recognizes and it's handling those but then something else comes and something else Mm -hmm. comes in a new variable in a new way and this thing but a slight typo but is that typo common is this worth training like it's just like this journey and uh really appreciate you know all the work you've done at structurally to make it as good as it is today
0: yeah what's so weird about that is we've had Tens of millions of messages over time, and every you'd think that we've seen it all at this time. And I, right. I, I still look at all of our messages. Every single message is different. Every single one that we see is new. Like even if it's slightly new, um, I can't. In this is backed up even by I can't remember it off the top of my head. I wish I looked it up before this, but Google even did some research. I think two or three years ago where they looked at all of the inputs that people are searching in Google and how many of them are net new. And I, I believe that the majority, I think 80 plus percent, if I remember right, of queries that people are putting into Google are new to even Google. And it's, wow. it, was, it was a significant amount. And Google gets an, an unbelievable volume of new queries per second, per day. Little old structurally is the same that, you know, every message that we see is so different. And that's the complexity that I think all of us have to face when we're talking to leads. You have no idea what someone is about to say, whether it is over text or a phone call, any word out of a new lead's mouth is going to be something you have to think of a response to on the fly. And that just so happens to be what we think about every day, how we can model and prepare for it. And... That also is part of real estate agents' jobs and salespeople's jobs. As general, you have to be able to think on the fly for how you're going to respond, and that's something I love geeking out about. I love thinking about this psychological approach to how you're going to do sales, how you position your responses to to get someone to the to the point that you want to get, how you frame your conversations, and how you make it feel human-like, whether, whether or not it is you actually responding or an AI responding at the end of the day, you're talking to a human and they just want to be heard, understood, and valued. And I think that's what we're all trying to figure out all the
1: time. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, you are working on this every day. So talking about a real estate agent or a real estate broker. You know, being a busy professional and thinking about things that they can outsource, this is not something you have to do on your own. <laughs> this stuff is hard yeah. to do. And uh, hopefully throughout this podcast, we have educated and dispelled the myth that, oh, conversational AI, I just like flick it on and it's done. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot behind the scenes that goes into it. And companies like mine, companies like Nate's, you know, we're companies that can help you to implement this and have effectively follow up and solve that problem. And so i'm curious is there a question that i should have asked you or something that you'd like to expand upon from earlier
0: i would probably just say this i'm sure everyone's aware of or has been thinking about or even has today an inside sales agent role an isa this is essentially similar to what we've been talking about the whole time this is what an isa does they professionally follow up qualify and think about how to respond to leads and a lot of questions we get are, oh, so you're just here to replace my ISA. No, not at all. Our, I'm sure you've seen it too. Our best users are ISAs. Think about how rough the role of an ISA is. You, they've got to get on the phone, talk to probably a hundred leads and hear no's or screw you's 80 times. That's a rough life and all my respect to ISAs who do that time and time again, why ISAs love our products so much is because we, an AI gets to take that, that initial cut at people who are saying, you know, screw you, leave me alone or filtering out the, the good from the bad. So then ISAs can call only the good. So it's really just like what I, what I would consider here is that's a role for all salespeople too. An ISA role is very similar to a sales development role at a sales company. This role exists throughout every business in the world where someone is responsible for following up and qualifying leads. And I think the, the promise of AI is to help augment the roles that humans don't find that fun. No one really, no one really loves hopping on the phone getting told to, you know, <laughs> to, to shut up. So our AI is here to help with that. And I think that if you're thinking about how does this fit in my process if I have an ISA or if I don't have an ISA, just think about you know, think about that volume of leads that you need to sift through. Uh, depending on how your business is set up, someone has to do that. Someone has to constantly follow up. And like you said, this is an opportunity for you to outsource. This isn't something that you need to beat your head against the wall. It's been solved. Companies like ours can solve it. Company uh, ISA roles help to solve it, but they themselves need a little bit of help too. So, just. Think about that when you're thinking about adding lead qualification or lead nurturing to your your business workflows.
1: Couldn't agree more. How can listeners contact you? Yeah. So uh, I would just go to uh,
0: structurally.com. Um, there is a URL called test your AI assistant. If you want to give our AI a shot and try it out yourself, that's a place that I always like to to direct people. But you can also reach me at structurally.com too. If you have questions about conversations, uh, that's something I love to geek out about. So I'd be happy to to talk there.
1: Awesome. I love it. Test your AI assistant. And of course, Structurally and, you know, your contact details we will link to in the show description. So Nate Jones from Structurally Everyone, really interesting path that you've been on. One that I've also been fascinated with and I'm going to go test out that AI. I'm going <laughs> to give it a run for its money, see, see how it is. I uh, really appreciate having you on today. I, hopefully we dispelled some myths and created some education around the value of conversational AI and all of the hard work that goes into making it actually accomplish the goal of nurturing leads, helping them to make sure that they have their needs met during the journey at any time, I mean, you know, we didn't even talk about leads communicating at 2 a.m. The late night surfers surfing the internet, watching Netflix, and boom, they become a lead. And then it's 1 in the morning. It's like, well, what about that lead, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, there's so many use cases for this. And I just hope that we helped to further the conversation in the real estate industry towards adopting this technology uh, at a wider scale. So thank you so much for being on.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Really appreciate being on, Jeffrey. Thank you.
1: Absolutely